Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Carrie Johnson. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, we're joined by principal analyst Jay Patasol to discuss how ad agency layoffs will affect CMO's ability to navigate complex marketing challenges during and after the pandemic. Welcome, Jay. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's start at the highest level, Jay. How has the pandemic impacted marketing, marketing spend, and the agency world? Sure. Well, marketing is uh, notorious for being the first thing to get cut and the last thing to uh, come back during an economic crisis. And we certainly saw uh, the first part of that pattern play itself out in that uh, marketers were, were were very quick to identify portions of their marketing mix that were necessary to cut in, in reaction to changing consumer behavior when people suddenly found themselves locked down, uh, no longer commuting, um, no longer spending lots of time in their car, in their place of work. And so consequently, you saw things like uh, outdoor advertising, out of home, digital, some you know terrestrial radio and other channels associated with that and events and sports marketing um, among the first areas that were cut. Consequently, the agencies began to reassess you know, what this cut and spend would mean to their business and how they would address revenue shortfalls. The analysis that, that we've done at Forrester uh, forecasting marketing spend based upon the COVID-19 crisis shows that in the first year that marketing spend will drop about 23%. And for the agencies, the way to address uh, revenue shortfalls, um, there are a few tactics that can be taken, things like cost reduction around travel um, expenses, some salary uh, adjustments um, at an executive level or across the board. But really quickly, those, those programs have a limited impact. The next highest uh, uh, expense or cost for agencies is real estate. And, and as we know, real estate is more or less a long-term proposition. So beyond that, it turns to the workforce. And so in order for the agencies to, to adjust to the revenue shortfall with all these marketing uh, uh, cuts, they are, uh, they've been reducing their, their workforce um, somewhere around um, an average of 12%. We tracked the, the the layoffs and furloughs inside agencies in March and April and into um, uh, early May, and the average uh, the average layoff was about twelve percent of staff. But it was uneven, interestingly, meaning that different types of agencies experienced you know a different type of of, of layoff. So the creative agencies, uh, whose uh, products, you know, their services, um, you know, most associated with, uh, you know, advertising um, and campaigns, um, they saw layoff a little bit higher and more severe around averaging around 15%. Um, and they actually made up um, a majority of, of the layoffs that were that, that were tracked around 50, 52 or 53% of the total layoffs were amongst um, what you would classify as creative agencies, whereas the media in the digital agencies experienced less severe layoffs. The average layoff uh, percentage of staff was around seven percent um, for each of those, and and they each made up a, just about a quarter of um, of the total. So you see this kind of uneven um, distribution, you know, across this. But I think the really big headline here is that what this represents when you when you play out this type of um, this type of layoff across um, 
you know, a long period of time, 2020 and into 2021 is, is really kind of a hollowing out of the CMO's agency resources. When we analyze what the, the, the forecasted drop in agency, agency spend um, and marketing spend translates to essentially 52,000 jobs through 2021, about 35,000 in 2020 and um, another 17 or so thousand um, in 2021. And th- that decrease of the, of that, uh, you know, of that, of that talent, um, that specialization, those resources um, that are so important to driving um, demand that are driving, you know, customer experience um, are, are, you know, kind of a significant blow to, you know, the, 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 the set of resources and tools that CMOs have at their disposal um, uh, to build their brands. So I think the real implication here is that, you know, when the, when the economy does start to come back, when we do start to come out of the recession, um, you know, some of those resources will not immediately be at um, at the CMO's disposal and that they, they'll need to look for alternatives as well as ways to bolster agencies in, in order to help bring their brands back to growth. Before we talk about how they can do that, is this an acceleration of a trend that was already happening? I mean, the fact that you have digital in particular with less of a hit to me sort of implies there was an acceleration as it was toward digital spend and agencies that hadn't adapted as much are the ones facing the bigger hits. Is that accurate? Uh, I think that's a great question. Um, and it's a, it's a good observation to to point to the um, adaptability of the uh, of the agencies. Um, it, it I think it's totally an acceleration of of a number of trends that we are seeing. Um, in particular, uh, for the last few years, d- uh, digital experience um, development and uh, digital transformation has been uh, one of the growth drivers inside of uh, inside the agencies um, in terms of a service that their that their clients were asking for um, not not only was it a growth driver but it was you know at a premium as well so it was it was it was you know a good uh, it was a good move for an agency to 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 provide that service um, and to get into digital experience development and you know for companies that have invested in um in their own transformation and built the foundations and and connected their experiences and kind of you know laid the pipes or the plumbing as as we say they they have you know certainly um um you know benefited uh from all of that investment um when suddenly you know we're all sitting at home you know um digital was the way to connect it was the way to transact it was the way to engage um and the and the companies that were that were better set up for that were in a better uh, position you know to do so so as that you know as as it accelerated you know that trend of around around dx development um you know it it, it also accelerated the you know the the, the rush you know of, of of the need of those services and you know so one of the things that you know that's behind all of all of this is, um, you know, the disruption to a lot of the conventional services, um, media and advertising services that are traditionally what agencies provide, and that's why we see, you know, the the layoffs uh, having uh, more severity in uh, the advertising agencies and a little bit less severity in the in the digital and media agencies. The other trend that this, you know, accelerates is potentially some dependence upon in-house. Um, the the in-house teams were fairly substantial before um, the COVID nineteen uh, 
pandemic. I mean, we, uh, I think our research has uh, about 72% of, of global um, firms have, you know, some form of marketing uh, services in-house and that ranges, you know, it ranges from creative services to um, digital marketing, digital media, even all the way down to, you know, uh, programmatic um, uh, buying um, in some instances, but a, a large majority of it is, is, you know, is creative services and content. And, you know, those teams, um, uh, from what I've, uh, I've been told have been, uh, you know, very responsive and very nimble um, in making adjustments to the marketing mix, um, the marketing strategy and the work um, when the, uh, you know, in the initial phase of, of COVID. And, uh, and as, as time has, has worn on, um, you know, marketers have, have begun contemplating, you know, whether to invest more um, in, in-house in certain areas um, uh, or not. And, and that, I think, is, you know, dependent upon, um, you know, the individual situation of, of the marketer. There are some companies that are, that are, that are really struggling um, and, and, you know, just are in survival mode. And the notion of an, an investing in headcount and capital investments and HR investments for for additional in-house resources might not be tolerable at this time. So consequently, they are going to be more dependent upon their external partners. Those companies that are adapting um, and making adjustments to their their product mix and their experience and, and their marketing um, in, in order to you know to continue to drive um, you know what little uh, opportunity that you know may currently exist. Um, and they may have some more opportunity to look towards in-house, um, but the companies that are really thriving, you know, um, areas like uh, healthcare, um, certain areas of retail, um, you know, grocery retail in particular, um, they have a, a real opportunity to um, uh, to make some decisions about whether they want to invest in their in-house teams or continue to rely upon their their external teams. So it, it, it certainly has accelerated this pace of of, of in-house in this debate about, you know, how to use in-house resources as well. Jay, how do you think that impacts, you know, creative and creativity? We've definitely had, you know, a fair number of conversations on this podcast and you've written a ton of research here. Do we see based on, you know, to your point about discomfort with certain investments or HR investments headcount that we're going to see a pullback on, you know, power of creativity and creative content here it feels like at this moment in time, it's actually growing in importance versus lessening in importance. Yeah, definitely. Um, if we kind of go back to, you know, the numbers from where we started, you know, 52,000 U.S. Um, uh, agency jobs, you know, that's a that's a tremendous amount of creative problem solving no longer at the at the CMO's um, disposal. And, you know, we're already in an environment in which um, a, a lot of the um, digital transformation and digital experience um, development um, has already felt a bit commoditized. Um, you know, as, as the, our research here at Foresters talked about, you know, previously differentiation is, you know, is, is becoming a, you know, a, a you know, a kind of a rallying cry because we've, we, we see a lot of the experiences um, being designed the same way, designed to solve the same problem, um, uh, looking and feeling um, uh, similar, uh, giving, giving the customer the same, uh, the same benefit. Um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, how apps, you know, often apps will deliver the same, you know, functionality 
um, websites uh, uh, delivering the same look, the uh, the same feel, um, and it's just kind of difficult to distinguish one experience from another. And the the the, the creativity on top of that is really what makes a difference. Um, the ability to digitally emote the brand to you know to kind of build the emotion into the code so that you you feel the brand as part of the experience it was one of the important ways to kind of distinguish uh digital experiences and cx um uh execution and and so that you know that's at threat i think to a certain extent um what agencies and, and ceos need to uh to focus on is is how to provide you know now that the foundation is built you know, now that the pipes are there, how do they build a very unique structure, a very unique brand experience on top of that foundation? Um, and and you know, the, the creative problem solving is really important to that. And so the the threat of this you know this shift in the workforce is you know is the uh, the inability to you know to build those bespoke, interesting experiences that that take advantage of 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 all of the technology investments you know to date. So I think a, a big question that CMOs and, and agencies need to be um, answering um, very quickly is, is, is how do we scale the creativity that remains? Um, and how do we scale that um, in a way that is um, you know, efficient and allows um, you know, the, the, the remaining talent to really thrive as creative problem solvers? And, and, and so I think that kind of brings us around to you know, a, a, another trend um, that is being accelerated uh, by the by the COVID uh, situation is the trend towards automation and artificial intelligence. Already, kind of going into 2020, some of Forrester's uh, research um, indicated that by 2030, um, 80% of jobs would be transformed by uh, by artificial intelligence and automation. And I think that's only even more so the case now with the agencies. I think the opportunity is to to use um, the right combination of the, the humans and the machines inside the agency to you know to scale the resources that remain and help close the gap for some of those those shortfalls. So coming out of the COVID nineteen crisis, um, agencies that have built the right the right combination of um, you know automation inside. Um, inside their creative teams and their media teams will really be able to help their their clients and help the CMO, you know, build the brand coming out of this uh, crisis. Can you talk about what automation looks like specifically from a creative perspective? I think we hear about it often, you know, in automating processes and there's some sort of basic RPA, but at an agency level, this seems like a very different endeavor. It needs to be a different endeavor. I think what what automation looks like right now inside um, the agency is is you know basic routines, um, you know basic machine learning and RPA routines that you know that 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 build and learn um, off of repeated tasks. So um, things like uh, you know on the operational side, onboarding new employees, you know writing new tickets, creating contracts, creating boilerplate presentations. On the media side, it gets a little bit more advanced, um, where there's um, you know layers of, of of AI that are helping to uh, analyze audiences, um, that are helping to uh, tag um, and uh, do taxonomy for um, for campaigns, which becomes really important for tracking and um, and attribution and measurement. Uh, you know, and layers of automation that are helping to select channels and help to optimize budgets. 
you know, so it's it, at this stage, it's 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 fairly it's most advanced in the media, but it, overall, it's it's fairly basic as you describe, Carrie, in that it's you know it's it's kind of you know simple tasks and basic routines, and 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 that will continue to help the agency be more efficient. It'll help the work be more um, more effective, but the opportunity in the future is um is to is to is to build a set of tools um and you know quite frankly embrace some existing tools um on the creative side that help um not only um in the uh in the discovery phase in in terms of what you know what the insights are but also in the ideation phase um uh to help uh you know help inspire creative thinkers you know um, you know to, to develop solutions um, and in the execution phase to help to give them a set of tools to, to, to make that work and to make uh, the content scale into not, you know, a couple of dozen of, of, of pieces of creative work, but into hundreds, if not thousands of, of different iterations. And, uh, you know, so for example, um, you know, from an ideation uh, perspective, uh, uh, you know, we could, you could potentially use um, technology to create you know, a, a series of inspirational insights about what an audience is interested in. Um, so if it's a, if it's a car buying audience and they happen to be and we know that they're outdoor enthusiasts, then what content are they looking at on a regular basis that, that kind of fuels their interest in outdoor enthusiasm, you know, in, in being an outdoor enthusiast. And then how can, how can a creative team use that example and that knowledge and that inspiration to build that into their idea and their execution and their solution. So there's an ideation example. Um, and executional examples are, you know, are, are, are more about, you know, using technology to scale. So, you know, using platforms like Parsardo to uh, help iterate copy. So if you if you start with 20 headlines, Parsardo could potentially help you, you know, double that um, or triple that um, so that you've got a, a larger body of options to um, to run A-B testing or, or optimization with. Using um, design templates uh, for um, online advertising. Um, there's a there's there's typically you know a dozen to two dozen standard sizes for um, for uh, online advertising and if those you know if those templates can be you know easily uh, populated um, you know in an automated way it helps it helps uh, uh, it helps the team kind of uh, automatically uh, take a single execution and create multiple versions of it. Um, Adobe has another um, uh, example of this inside um, their their Photoshop. Um, uh, product there's a there's a tool called lasso and lasso is the you know is the thing that you would use to to isolate an image um and and cut it out and kind of lasso it and pull it out of uh uh you know pull it out of the background uh it used to be very time consuming it would take a you know production designer um you know several moments if you're someone like myself it's several hours uh to you know to trace that image out um now with the sensei um uh ai uh, uh technology built into that it, it happens you know in seconds um you know so uh it, it's about saving time it's about scaling the execution it's about taking the 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 good creative solutions that are there and um uh inspiring them in one in the ideation phase and scaling them in the execution phase Jay, you just brought me back to my mechanical artist days back in the agency studio with the lasso comment. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So curious as to, does this change how CMOs or marketing leaders source 
their agencies, which questions they ask to, you know, to inquire about these sorts of capabilities, because, you know, some of the things that you listed, frankly, would have never even occurred to me as, as options, but you want to know what those things are, if you're engaging with an agency, and, you know, what questions are you, are you asking to make sure that you're getting the benefits of, you know, a firm that's leaning into using automation in a way that can benefit you as a, as a brand and as a marketing leader. Yeah. I, uh, so my, my vision for, and research, you know, for where this goes suggests that there is uh, maybe a new set of requirements when, when hiring an agency and you're, you're hiring the, the, the talent of the people, most certainly. And that's always been the case. But you know, in the future, I think you're also hiring the, the talent of the technology and, um, and the capacity of the technology. And so you're, you're hiring an agency for um, the, the, the expertise and its, and its craft and its sensibilities and its tastes um, a, a, as much as you're hiring the... Um, the, um, uh, the, the the technology's ability to scale um, and 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 integrate with with you know with the creative side um, you know whether it be you know content or or media or whatever the output is um, and and so I think yeah definitely when it, when it get when we get into the selection process there, there's a um, it's going to be important for CMOs to understand you know what part of the technology suite is the agency bringing to the table. You know what partners, um, uh, what partnerships do they have? What you know, what 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 you know, what cloud enterprise, you know, cloud partnerships, um, uh, what ad tech partnerships, what martech partnerships. You know, what have they built? What is proprietary? What is you know easily available? And so that uh, you know, I think that we've seen this, you know, particularly in the in the the late you know twenty you know Q four twenty eighteen. Um, through um, the first six months of 2019, you could see that in new business. You could see the data technology starting to play a uh, a really prominent role in um, in in agency uh, selection, particularly for global media uh, agencies, um, because they were looking for not only the capacity to uh, identify and buy audiences um, in paid media, but also the um, the ability to design and understand those audiences from a from a data perspective, but also uh, to, to activate them um, with uh, with content and, and and creativity. So it was starting to kind of you know the technology was starting to merge a lot of the services, and that's what was being looked for in um, in you know some of the new some of the more recent new business, some of the more substantial new business wins, um, as well. So going going forward, it'll be important to understand that you know the the. The, the tech capabilities of uh, of the agency and their their capacity to integrate it um, with their services, but I think one of the bigger implications um, and is is definitely a research horizon for um, you know me and my team uh, in in Q four this year is what does this mean for the economic model uh, for you know how how are marketers going to pay for an agency? In the past, we paid for people. Um, uh, you know, marketers were paying for the, the talent, um, the, the, you know, the full-time talent um, that was dedicated to their business, uh, sometimes billed at an hourly rate, sometimes built in as part of a, you know, a managed um, uh, service fee. Um, you know, uh, sometimes that was a, an a ongoing retainer fee. Sometimes that was a project uh, relationship, but it was all, it was all time-based and, and, and people-based. 
Now suddenly we've got we've got you know automated tools that are that are part of this equation, and how, you know how how do we account for that? And I think there it, it means relooking at the business model, um, and it and it's about um, not necessarily just paying for people. I think that'll always be part of the equation, but also paying for the platforms. Um, and, and the way in which that's, um, and the way in which they're compensated for the platforms could be, you know, could be different. It could not necessarily be time-based or, um, or, or FTE based. Um, although I suppose you could look at ways to create robotic FTEs. Um, but you know, lots of, you know, lots of ethical issues in that, you know, does it cost as much as a person or less of a person? Is it, you know, um, really interesting societal questions within that, but, you know, maybe not for us to solve just this year. But I think ultimately, you know, one of the ways that they could look to a model that's, you know, not not dissimilar from a SaaS model, um, and you know, uh, you know, a license fee for uh, technology combined with a managed service fee, uh, could be a very interesting way to think about h- how to procure, you know, agency services, and and I think that goes a long way to remedy some of the problems of the relationship between the CMO and the agency. Um, you know the CMO is is constantly struggled to justify the you know the agency spend um, around you know just services as not you know not to be characterized as overhead you know as here, here's the money that we're spending that that never does anything for us, whereas in, in a SaaS model there's a kind of a clear there's a more clear benefit um, and uh, you know more of a clear return and so I think this is an opportunity to reset some of the um, not only the economics but the you know the overall relationship. Um, and, and creating a new business model that can be more accountable and more tied to outcomes will really help marketers and, and help our, you know, our marketing clients at, at, at Forrester demonstrate their value um, as, as, as you know, building uh, revenue and income for their firms rather than you know, just spending dollars on uh, you know, marketing and eyeballs that, that, that kind of disappear into the ether. That would appear to work out incredibly well for marketers and maybe not so well for agencies. Um, anytime you move, it seems to any kind of SaaS model, the expectation is immediately lower cost. I think that is at times a um, uh, you know one of the one of the trends of, of that. But they're already experiencing you know tremendous you know margin compression as it is. Um, and if this is an opportunity to kind of right size that, you know, and 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 combine services with, um, uh, uh, you know, with lower cost uh, uh, tech tech fees, it could be a way to kind of you know balance that, you know, um, balance that income, that revenue shortfall, and the margin compression that agencies are feeling right now. Yeah, it's very similar to other disrupted industries, even the publishing industry, right? I mean, it right it, it's it's necessary to some degree and and maybe not entirely sufficient though either from a margin perspective right and yet it was marching that way anyway so you might as well embrace it and stay afloat exactly you know in the long term it likely does mean fewer smaller agencies but perhaps those with more steady income um, and the and the opportunity to to um, sell services, very profitable services on top of, you know, a baseline of needed necessary technology. 
So Jay, your comment on the fewer, smaller agencies, I mean, is that common today that you know CMOs are using only a few agencies or a few smaller agencies? Does that change the nature of the relationship that they have um, with these firms? You know, um, just curious as to, is that a, another dynamic to consider and how should CMOs be dealing with that? Well, if we, if, when we talk to CMOs today, th- th- they feel like they have um, way too many agencies. Um, and, and that comes out of uh, we're, we're still kind of unwinding uh, an area uh, or rather an era of, um, of specialty where we had, um, you know, a, spe- a specialty agency for, you know, for all, all, all the different channels that were proliferating um, that, you know, that has over the last you know, decade or so started to kind of unwind itself a little bit. Um, and what marketers are asking for or more streamlined agency relationships, more integrated um, uh, agency partners so that they don't have to manage, um, you know, dozens of agencies um, uh, that are, you know, all aligned to a very different financial goal and, you know, a, 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 sometimes a different objective, sometimes, you know, answer to um, different authorities inside the firm with different budgets. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they're definitely looking for something that's, that's an easier, um, uh, an easier experience to engage with. So, and at the same time, you know, the, 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 the proliferation of, you know, all the different channel agencies from you know, social to, uh, search to, uh, you know, PR to, uh, performance to, um, digital to, uh, you know, DX to creative to media, you know, so on and so forth, that kind of, you know, exponential growth of all these different types of agencies were created a commoditization. Um, And it's kind of become a a bit of a commoditized resource. And so for for there to be a, an appropriate, you know, contraction, I think, kind of begins to, again, right size um, the the, the number of suppliers and um, and partners that are available to, to CMOs and you know again powered with the right with the right tools and the right technology and able to to bring a very kind of powerful kind of brand craft of creativity to that um, uh, to add to that execution I think that's the right combination where they they become a um, a more sought after um, a group of partners that has, you know, the tools and the creativity to execute. So Jay, as CMOs look at their current situation, you know, what would your guidance be in terms of setting themselves up for success today, given the current, you know, pandemic and crisis before them? And looking forward, what would your guidance be in preparation of, you know, perhaps this new normal that you've described? Yeah, I mean, right now we're in the murky middle. And the murky middle is uh, is this period of time in which there's you know still a, a great deal of volatility, um, different markets having um, uh, you know different impacts uh, based upon um, uh, you know the caseloads of the of the COVID nineteen virus, um, and you know the, the government and municipalities reaction to that. So I think part of the the, the part of managing now is is having um, the right partners providing um, the the right level of intelligence so that so that companies can execute um, appropriately almost in a in a in a in a, in a geographical manner um, 
there, there will be certain regions, you know, globally, um, you know, certain regions in, you know, uh, U.S. North America, um, um, in which you know commercial transaction is is more possible, um, uh, and in other regions where it's 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 less possible. And having and having that you know that level of in, of, of market intelligence and and a playbook ready um, uh, to to execute, um, you know, based upon uh, certain market conditions m- makes a lot of sense. And you know, so you know, for for com- for firms and marketers that are that are you know that are operating in, in, in multi markets. It's about getting agencies to help set the right playbook, you know, for execution based upon the all the market intelligence um, that's coming in. Long term, um, as as we start to steer out of this, you know, as we talked about, it's it's looking for um, the agency partners that have um, the right combination of. People and and technology that are able to to, to scale your marketing. Um, you know, the worst case scenario is that you you you're, you're working with um, a set of partners that just you know are just stretched too thin because they don't have the you know the tools at their disposal to to scale. So you want to you want to look for um, agencies that are uh, uh, appropriately integrating um, audience activation technology in their in their media and content execution. You want to look for um, agencies that have, um, you know, the capacity to scale up dynamic creative um, uh, solutions um, uh, and have the right, you know, either internal technology um, or, or partners, uh, uh, you know, DCE partners um, uh, in order to do so. And, and, and then you want to look for, for agencies that are, you know, that are experimenting um, and, you know, have, have, a, have a mindset to embrace um, technology uh, for what is yet to come, um, and 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 that are, are are you know actively experimenting with with automation um, with the intent to to very soon commercialize um, and monetize those those products um, that will um, you know put you in a position to be able to select the the most mature partners in terms of their technology embrace. Um, and give you the biggest scale and the most capacity um, uh, to operate and scale back up your brand um, once you know once we, we we start to pull away from the you know from the claws of uh, of the coronavirus. Thanks for joining us today, Jay. Thanks for having me. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.